Welcome to the Dream Mentorship Podcast, where we interview everyday women making a difference in their lives and communities. From doctors to stay-at-home mamas, CEOs who work hard with no drama, this is where you come to dream and be inspired. Because at Dream Mentorship, we believe that every dream is valid. Here's our host and founder, Mac Jane Creighton. All right, people, welcome back to a new, brand new episode of the Dream Mentorship Podcast. I have a phenomenal woman today who is joining us on the podcast. Um, the best part of it is that she is a, a big sister to me, and I've known her for years, and I absolutely admire all the great work that she is she's doing um she's a mom times five uh she's a wife she's a pastor's wife she does a lot of stuff with productivity in fact i do call her the productivity queen so if you're listening to this podcast and you want to know how you can strategically do less why being very productive this is a podcast you want to listen to take out a writing pad and make sure that you can take as much notes as possible and if you're driving well uh when you get to a safe place that you can take notes bring out your writing pad and you know pause and rewind and do whatever you need to do um, to get all the juicy details that we're going to share today. So without further ado, I want you to join me and welcome Christina Garrett to today's podcast. Welcome to the show, uh, Christina. Hi, MJ. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Um, So I am going to start off by talking about you as a mom. Um, You do that so well with homeschooling and then running your own business and being a wife. And of course, you're also into ministry. And once you're a pastor's wife, you never, your work never ends. There's always going to be people, you know, asking questions, looking for advice and all of that stuff. So tell us more about what your life is like on a daily basis. Oh, wow. So I do the best I can. I'm by far, I'm far from perfect at it, but I do the best I can to really be aware of the day schedule, the things that need to happen ahead of time. Um, as a ministry family, my husband's also an entrepreneur, a brick and mortar entrepreneur. And so we're a homeschooling family and things are always busy, always moving. We're working on being on time for things and, you know, just having good energy in our home above everything. Um, I've come to grips with the fact that my house will never be perfectly clean unless no one lives here. Um, But as a busy family of seven, there are certain things I just have to roll with the punches about. So I have to itemize what is most important for that day and what is not going to get done. Sometimes that may be, um, you know, rescheduling an appointment. It may be telling my children not today for certain things. Maybe I'm telling my husband, just bring home dinner because I already know my day is crazy. Really owning up to um, where my energy can go on a given day so that I don't feel burned out on a consistent basis. So we're balancing ministry and kids and homeschooling and, and entrepreneurship and just really developing all of that out. But we come to grips that all of it's not going to happen every day. And that's okay. Yeah. So talking about entrepreneurship, I actually remember the very first event that you had hosted. Yes. And I was a part oh of, I remember, I have pictures of that. And um, looking at where you are right now, I mean, my mind is blown away. You've been red table talks and a lot of popular 
newspapers and articles. I mean, my mind is blown away by all the stuff that you are doing. How did that, all of that start? Has it always been your dream to be the productivity queen? No, it has not always been my dream. Um, somebody asked me, maybe it was a couple of days ago, if maybe like, did you pivot during the pandemic, you know, last couple of years? I was like, we've been talking about women's productivity for like a decade, you know? And so I've always been okay about, you know, discussing it, but I hadn't always had a system that we could put into place for women with families who are growing and building empires and developing something amazing. We didn't always have a system to flow with that. And so early on, especially, you know, you were at the first conference, I just wanted to have something that celebrated women, give us a night off. I needed the night off, you know, just to give us an opportunity to breathe and reconnect, to meet some new people and network and just, you know, feel seen for an evening. And that's what it was all about. That's where it started. Um, and I found over time that God sees way far further down the line than we do. And what he'll do is just give us enough grace, enough light for that next step. Say, okay, good job. Now here's something else. And then the more that you go, the further you walk, the more you follow what he says to you, um, he begins to illuminate the next thing. Mm. <laughs> but early on, we don't always see, you know, where God is going with this. I think it was T.D. Jakes who said, if God has shown me my life now, when I was 20-something pastoring a storefront church, I probably would have gotten head, you know, my head in the sand like an ostrich, you know. So I never would have continued because it would have seemed too daunting. Right. So God is father enough to only give us a little bit of responsibility at a time, a little bit of vision at a time, you know, so that we can map these things together. I really found that mastering um, the messaging that I put out into the world and how I recommend myself for media opportunities and things that make a big difference. Um, but it has come down to clarity and really understanding my goal uh, at developing the Mamathon Diaries. Awesome. And I do I admire all the stuff that you do. Um, you know, I just watch you and I, I've seen you grow so much. I've seen you help a lot of women and it's just um, so encouraging and inspiring. And, and that's part of the reason why I'm like, I need the word to hear you and see you um, because you are doing amazing stuff. Um, talking about the work that you do, what exactly is it that you as a productivity coach, what do you do on a daily basis and how can people connect with you? Um, so what we do with the Momathon Diaries is we're an online and offline community. A lot of us meet online and we take it offline to meetups and workshops and I speak places and we host an annual conference every year in October um, to give women time to reassess their thoughts, figure out what they actually want to see happen in their life, and then organize all of these moving pieces so that it doesn't feel so daunting and overwhelming. You know, between being a wife, you know, you're a new mama, you know, you're growing everything with dream mentorship and just all these different layers. It's like, wait a second, this cannot happen every day. I do not have the bandwidth. I don't have the energy. I've been up all night. You know, some days we're going to wave the white flag and not do anything but this one thing or two things. Um, so what we do is we help women to strategically organize the life that they prayed for. Mm. A lot of us, we've been asking God for a long time for somebody to walk through life with. You pray for that husband. You pray for these babies. You pray for um, community growth or, you know, your business or brand or career to take off. 
he asked for this. Right. But now we look down and you realize that you have this buffet-sized plate full of tasks and responsibilities. And you're like, wait a second, God, I think I need to opt out of some of this. And so we begin to choose what we cannot delegate and then some things that we can pass on to somebody else. You know, if I can pay $50 a month and they come to my house or $100 and they come get the laundry and bring it back folded, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody cares who washes the right. All they care about is that they have it, you know. So we as women have to be okay with uh, changing the S that's on our chest. We think it means superwoman, but it's really struggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? You're struggling. And, you know, take that off and just embrace being a diva in your own way by doing things that only you can do and you can delegate the rest. Yes. I love what you just shared because I remember when um, um, I just had the baby. Um, and for mm-hmm. those of us who are, if you're new to the podcast, uh, yay, Mac Jane here. <laughs> new new baby <laughs> in the house. But I just what you said, just before we went to the hospital to have the baby, I realized that, oh my gosh, it's going to be way too much. Of course, I wasn't washing the bathrooms anyway at that point in time. Um, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my husband has been gracious enough to be helping but i felt like we we're gonna come back from the hospital and i just wanted everything to be organized and cleaned and sanitized and i outsourced um to have someone you know do that and it did help take the burden off of thinking oh gosh when we get back to the hospital we got to clean we got to do all this for the baby to make sure it's sanitized for the baby um so you mentioning that and saying having someone pay you know paying someone to do your laundry if that would kind of take of the struggle away makes a whole lot of difference. You think that many, many women, of course, I didn't get to that realization out of like, okay, yeah, I definitely need someone to come wash my bathrooms uh, until it got to the point where like, it was like, okay, Mac Jane, you definitely need some help here, you know? <laughs> yeah. But a lot of women, we're, we're like me until you get to that point where you're like, I can't do this. This is not possible before we actually begin to outsource. How do you, what do you tell women that are listening right now to, you know, make it click in the head to say, you know what, it's okay to outsource. It's okay to ask for help. You don't have to do every single thing by yourself. Um, I, you know, you have to be ready for that conversation. Okay. (laughs) And usually we feel like we're good until we're not right. You know, yes, we can have all the pep talks and you're like, listen, that's not for me. I'm good. You know, I'm fine. And then I found that there's a turning point somewhere for you. It could have been, you know how we might try to paint our toes. And then at a certain point in pregnancy, it's like, I can no longer reach my feet. Right. You know, so I got to go to the shop now. And, and this has to be a thing. And then maybe after they do your toes just right for those last four or five months, you're like, I never want to go back to my janky painting my toes ever again. You know? So it's like, I don't know how much it costs for somebody to come in and clean my kitchen and my bathroom. Those are my problem areas, right? I need somebody to come in and do like the floorboards in my kitchen and all Get behind the tub. I don't want to. You know, my kid ain't gonna do it right. You know, they might be able to do a little wiping, but they're not gonna mm-hmm. do, that, do that extra elbow grease. So, you know, but here's the thing: it's like ultimately there are some things that only you can do, and there are things that you can give away to somebody else. Did anybody come to your house and say, "MJ, did you clean the bathrooms when you went before you left to go have the baby, or did somebody else do it?" Nobody's gonna ask. Nobody asks you. They don't care, you know. And I think it's not until we bring up our heightened self awareness 
and the boundaries we're creating and the emotional space and energy and all of that, you know, listen, I'm going to take a nap and then somebody else is going to come in and do these other things. And then they act as though, you know, we're somehow, I don't know, super bougie, you know, (laughs) it's like, well, no, people have been doing this for forever. But maybe like, you know, in your culture, right, when your mom might come down for months, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, I might come down for several weeks, an extended period of time to help you acclimate to your new journey. You know, my mom came down for a couple weeks, but not as I couldn't handle her being there. For, you know, we get along great, but I can't have anybody like living with me for an extended period of time. But, you know, certain cultures, we had a village around us to help us navigate life transitions. Mm-hmm. And somehow, somewhere in there, we've opted out of that for the solo life, the struggle life, where, you know, I can do everything. I can keep my entire house together and work a full-time job and raise children and be a saucy hot wife. No, like I just, maybe I don't want to be tired mm-hmm. all the time. Right. You know, maybe you don't want to feel that inner burning resentment when you've scrubbed and cleaned and, and wiped endlessly and your family just blows through like a tornado. <laughs> and you're like, wait a second, y'all don't love me? You don't respect me? It's not even that. They're just being who they are, you know? So we can train them to do something different. We can teach them something different. And it's simultaneously, we have to be okay with saying, I'm opting out of doing all the things. Right. You know, I don't have to be superwoman. I don't have to feel like everything is on me to do. Some of us like being martyrs. Mm. <laughs> Some of us like saying, I did it. I'm doing all the stuff. You should honor me. Mm. Some of us like saying that. And so we have to be okay with saying, now I want to turn that off. Like, and right. now I got to retrain the people that live with me because they're used to me being superwoman all this time. Now I have to undo that. Right. And I think like you, you've pointed out correctly, um, it's the culture. There's always that superwoman cape, um, picture that we get to see all the time whether on social media or even offline you know you'd have people mm-hmm. talking to your ear and saying hey you know you can do this my grandma did xyz so you should be doing xyz too because you know it's in our culture it's you know it's in our bloodline we are strong women and um you hear mm-hmm. more of those with Although there are positive affirmations in a way, but they put standards for women that um, that becomes you know difficult for them to attain. Um, just kind of talking about your background and all of that. How, at what point did you feel yourself either break out from? those standards that people place on us or we place on ourselves, we feel like, okay, I have to achieve X, Y, Z by the time I turn this age or I have to have had, you know, this number of keys. You know, it's not that we are trying to prove to anybody that we are strong Mm -hmm. women, but by way of either our upbringing, our culture, the people around us, we find ourselves in that position where we put standards that nobody even cares about, or people do care about mm-hmm. it, but then we have to still be our own authentic selves and live out really what God wants us to be and be who God wants us to be as opposed to being what other people want us to be. Yeah. So I, I probably have a whole bunch of instances, but one specific thing that I think of is Years ago, especially after I had my twins, I was getting back into running, right? Because this was a goal that was only mine. I needed something to do that was just centered around my needs as a woman, me hitting a goal, you know, that just belonged to me. So my husband, who worked traditionally outside the home, 
you know, I would get up in the mornings to go run because the kids were still so small. I couldn't leave them at home, you know, to, to go do whatever. If they woke him up, <laughs> right. You know, like let's say I try to skip out at 6 a.m. He can sleep in until eight because he worked down the street at the time. So he can sleep until eight. But my leaving sometimes will wake up the whole house because kids just smell you doing something good for yourself. So I would, you know, Charlie, but they would come and wake up dad. He would be kind of cranky, you know, like the kids woke me up. We're like, welcome to our life, right? But, you know, he, he it just threw his schedule off at the same time. And so one of the turning points for me was unapologetically owning that space. Mm. You know what I mean? Like unapologetically owning that space and saying, I don't want to have to apologize for doing something that's really good for me. You know, like none of y'all want to be around me if I'm not running on a regular. I'm just a miserable person, right? I'm not, I'm no good to anybody. And so I had to adjust myself and say, listen, do I need to go earlier? Do I need to do something later? What is it that I need to do? Because if I didn't get that carved out time, it was like I was, you know, losing it. I was on deck all the time. Maybe my oldest son was four. My twins were two. Like I was just not okay, you know, and everything was so demanding and loud and overwhelming. I said, I have to go run. Like, y'all don't want to see me when I'm not taking that time out on those days of the week. And so really trying to own that space unapologetically. And it wasn't any fault of my husband, right? Like, I wasn't mad at him for, you know, because he works 10 hours, 12 hours. He has a right to be tired, too. We're both tired. So how do I communicate that well with him so that I can step away for a little while, even if it's just my 30 minutes? Mm. I just need the 30 minutes because if I don't have it, you know, I just feel like I'm, I'm not okay. Right. You know, and just really owning that bubble, mm-hmm. having a daughter changed that for me, you know, because I didn't want her to think this is just what women look like. Like this is just motherhood. Mom always looks like she was hit by a bus, tired, mad. I didn't want her to think that that's what it was. And so I had to transform that and be the example if I wanted her to believe something different. Well, I'm glad that you kind of brought that up because um, being a role model for other other young women or other girls um, in this time and age seem to be a little difficult. And I say that because there's social media influencing. Um, then you have um, all kinds of policies and things in place that are also influencing um, the the our generation today. Um, Mm -hmm. so talk about that. How do you, as a mom, as a wife, as a productivity queen, um, whether when you talk to your clients and the things that you do as an entrepreneur, how do we in this time and age be the right, I I use that, um, loosely, um, right role model for other people who are looking at us because whether we like it or not there are people who are watching mm-hmm. our lives daily whether we're even even yeah. if we're not on social media there are people who watch us yeah. and say oh i admire this person i want to be just like her um but how do we make sure that we are projecting the right image or the or we're, we're still being authentic we're still being real and we're still mm-hmm. representing God in, in, in the things that we do and our choices and our actions. And, and, and at the same time, we're not pushing people away. We're not making it look like this life is not attainable. Yeah. So I think that there's a difference between authenticity and transparency, right? So you can be authentic and be telling your real truth. And I think you have to balance out that open picture into my real life. So me and my husband have done lives in the past talking about our marriage challenges. You know, we're 
we're married and he's a past, senior pastor, and, you know, all these things. We got a million kids. How do we date? We got a thousand children running around the house. You know, all these hiccups that we've been through over our almost 16 years of marriage. It's like, well, am I willing to tell that story too? Mm. You know, am I willing to say there were days where we were arguing about who was the most tired? <laughs> <laughs> you had a rough day and my day was rougher. And then, you know, the person come back, mine was the roughest, you know, always trying to top out who was more tired than the other person. And so, you know, just those open stories. People feel like, cause I got a million kids, like I'm called the children's ministry. No, I am not. I would never, you know, that's not my goal. No, I don't want to homeschool anybody else's kids. Some days I want to homeschool my own, you know, <laughs> and some days I take my rest days and my breaks and I can't afford to feel bad about it because I have too much, I have too much to do, you know, so I need to take this Sabbath day. I need to take these down days. I need to have moments where I leave my kids at home for a couple hours and don't feel bad about it. One mom, she had multiple teenagers and she was talking about she would just run to the library for 30 minutes and come home. I'm like, you mean hours? <laughs> you know, not feeling bad about doing things that preserve you, you know? And I think that when we let marriage and family look like the end of our individuality, you know, when it looks like I, I cannot have that end fully be myself, and tell that story, then women are going to feel like, young ladies are going to feel like, that's not what I want. I want to go after the career. I want to go after the bag. I want to have all of this amazing stuff, you know, have all the dreams and all the things. And at a certain point, if we don't show them that there's a different way, we will begin to look at our families, our children, like they're burdens and like mm -hmm. they're keeping us back from obtaining what God has for us, you know. I cannot count how many divorces I have seen. And they said on the other side of it, the woman usually, you know, something switched and he started not wanting to see me be successful. Mm -hmm. Somehow I doubt that. Maybe you were out of balance. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe you made success your mistress. Maybe, you know, we don't want to come to bed on time anymore because I got to achieve the goal. And so now we make it look like, you know, being in a relationship means that man is intimidated by you. No, most men want, please bring home some money. Like, you know, <laughs> You know, I don't mind you paying a bill, you know. And so most of the time they feel that way. But if we listen to the culture and the society, they'll hype up, you know, men don't want strong women. Men don't want women that, you know, go after all these things. Most of the time men have no problem with that. They just don't want to feel like they're not needed. They don't want to feel like they're not, like they're not desired. And we take the independent woman thing and we run with it, even though you're in a relationship, you're married. So, you know, I think finding that balance and really telling that transparency instead of, you know, listen, girl, go get it, go get it. Everybody that's saying go get it ain't got no man. All right. And then, you know, <laughs> like there's, there's some kind of disconnection there. There's a disconnection. So I think that we have to show how we're staying together, how we're loving our families, you know, the how behind, you know, being yourself and practicing the self-care and all that other stuff while pursuing the dream. Wow, I I love 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 it. I love how how transparent you were also in sharing all of that. So many good nuggets in that. Um, I know we're kind of running out of time, but I really want to know in your journey as an entrepreneur because there might be a young woman out there who is like, I am obsessed with productivity and helping people with keep you know get their life together with um, details. I'm very detail oriented, and I would love to do what. Christina is doing. Um, what are some lessons that you have learned in your entrepreneurial journey? 
Well, I would advise any young woman who's like, listen, I love helping people get organized and work on their schedule and all the things to operate in the capacity that is your specialty. Okay. For example, I really am not a big fan. I'll, I'll put it like this. My niche is working with moms. Hmm. Okay. My niche is working with moms. That is my specialty. That is my happy place. I love how getting on the phone with those ladies, it feels like that comfortable sundress that always fits right. You know, I don't have to pull, pull and pride. Like we're like a, a match made in heaven every single time. Friends for years type vibe. When I get on the phone with women who are single, no kids, right? Like I work with single moms, but single and no children. It, they're all like Olivia Pope. They're all super driven and super photo. Like, I got to get it. I got to do it. They're, like, they're rushing. They're like, I'm like, hey, take a deep breath. It's okay. You know, but in my motherhood mind, so you work, okay, but you have, you know, you're not momming. You're, you don't have a significant other that's asking you to do extra stuff. You know, what is a challenge per se with your time management? You know, like it tends to be, so there are people that are assigned to women like that or assigned to people who are in high power positions without families or all of these different kind of things. If you want to operate in a faculty like this, pick who your person is. When I do all my messaging, all of my, you know, sharing, telling stories, putting together workshops or speaking, I'm talking to a specific kind of busy woman. For you who's listening, your person may be someone different than the ambitious moms that I serve. So make sure that you're speaking to that person, you know, and that you got a system that works. You know, when we do the four pillars of productivity, it works. For anybody, right? You know, I've taught it in high school. I've taught it for college. I've taught it to women who are grown. So it is transformational. So as you're working on your system, just make sure that it 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 honors your journey and you can speak from that in a very transparent way. Yeah, and congratulations on, I do see um, some of the stuff that you've done with universities and, and um, teaching opportunities as well. So that that's amazing. Uh, I love seeing Thank that. Um, and I'm excited about, if you mentioned, you know, the systems that you have in place, systems are so, so important uh, for anyone who is interested in business, anything in life, really, systems, <laughs> systems work. You definitely need um, systems in place. All right, one last question. I know you love plants, yeah. so there's nowhere I'm going to end this conversation without talking about your love for plants. Um, so this is so random because I do not know anything about plants. I've tried once to, more than once to, <laughs> to have plants and somehow I kill them. They just don't last with me. Um, so I, I admire those who can um, make the plants live and, and, and you know, flourish and look so well. So talk about your love for plants and tell us your favorite. Oh my gosh. So I um, used to not be a plant lady as well. My kids would make jokes like mommy just brings them home to murder them. Like, <laughs> so one thing that I had to learn about plants is that water is not love. Like, you know, you'll have a plant. You feel like, oh my gosh, I love this. It's looking off. Surely it needs more water. And I think sometimes the hardest thing to realize that sometimes beautiful things should just be left alone. And I had to learn that, you know, a living organism might not need my activity for it to thrive. And that is really hard. You know, we as people were like fixers yeah. and they don't need to repot you or put more water or fertilize, all this stuff. It just might be in a dormant season. It might need to be left alone. The orchid flowers falling off is supposed to happen, but the leaves are still alive. You know, mm -hmm. like you didn't kill it. 
it was just going through its season. So that's just a message just for, you know, across the board. Um, favorite plant is the monstera. They're these big, um, they get these gigantic leaves on them, probably a foot across, and they like kind of split off in the fingers. They're just beautiful. They are a vine of some kind that grows in tropical places, but they are my favorite. Yay. Well, now I feel a little bit better about mothering plants. <laughs> Yes, Maybe there's yeah, hope for me. <laughs> and but you did share yes. something that I think is. I mean, we we don't have time for that. Um, but you literally share something. That I feel like, oh my gosh, you can preach on that. Um, that Ooh. watering a plant is not necessarily love. Um, and because we as mm -hmm. humans want to fix, 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 and we can go on another real like <laughs> conversation on <laughs> that great. about just leaving people, like you know, not necessarily leaving people, but allowing things to grow and flourish and do what they're supposed to do when the leaves fall yeah. they're supposed to do that um and that's talking about process and man yeah oh why did i get so emotional about that that is so crazy yeah, like just just because the orange the the frilly stuff fell off doesn't mean i killed it doesn't mean it's broken it's just out of season yeah that is so good <laughs> i felt that one i don't know if it, maybe it was for me <laughs> maybe i needed to hear that <laughs> Yeah, I didn't kill it. I didn't yeah, kill it. I didn't Still kill it. Okay. Yeah. Also, well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining thank us on you, today's MJ. podcast. This has been really, really, uh, uh, truly, truly inspiring. And I think I'm going to listen to this twice. Uh, <laughs> um, but thank you again uh, for saying yes and being a part of the Dream Mentorship community. Thank you so much. I love you dearly. And I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right, people, this is where we end today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. Please make sure you share with a friend. Make sure you share this with somebody, a mom, a busy mom, um, needs to listen to this podcast. And we're going to put all the details of how you can connect with Christina on our podcast notes. So you can connect with her if you're a business, a busy mom uh, or just a mom um, who needs help with, you know, getting things organized and doing less um, strategically. We want to see you be successful. We want to see you live your dreams mm -hmm. and that is why this is super important okay and if you're a young woman between 20 to 35 guess what we've opened up application for our summer program so don't forget to sign up head over to our website for more details about that you have an opportunity to pitch your business your dream whatever that is and to get scholarship funding to you know to live out that dream so don't Make any excuses, don't delay, don't procrastinate. Head over to dreamentorship.org and to sign up today. And if you need more details, just send us an email at info at dreamentorship.org or team at dreamentorship.org. Until next time, I remain your girl, Nat Jane. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and going on a captivating journey of inspiration with us. If you'd like to learn more about dream mentorship and become part of the Dream Mentorship family, follow us on Instagram at dreammentorship or visit our website, dreammentorship.org. Feel free to send us a message and tell us what you loved about this podcast and our wonderful guest. This episode was edited by me, Evelyn Calvo. No matter what your dream is, we can help you make it a reality. And the first step is learning from other women living their authentic dreams. So come back next week for another episode.